Hey guys, we want you to know that this recording is for Freedom Week 8. It is not a Sunday morning message, but it is for our Freedom Groups. We're talking this week about the power of the tongue. Life and death happens in the power of the tongue. It's pretty powerful. Jesus said that out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks. James would discuss this in James chapter 3. He says that if for we stumble in many ways, but if a person does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. It's basically saying that almost no one has found a way to be perfect in speech. It's an area where many of us can stumble, and all of us will be influenced by the power of words. I'm thinking about the power, the creative power today. When I think back to even the creation of the world, what I love is that God didn't just think the world into existence. He spoke it. He sp- in the beginning, God spoke uh, the, the, the world into, into creation, into existence. And what a powerful thing. He spoke Adam and Eve into existence, and he, he, he spoke, and there was light. And uh, you, we see this, this creative power as Jesus would stand on the edge of a boat in, in a raging sea as his disciples would be in fear. And Jesus would wake up and say, why are you, O ye of little faith? And he would stand on the edge of the boat and say, be still. And the waves would calm because there's power in the words that we say. And I think sometimes that we minimize the things that we say as if it's just banter or small talk. Or we didn't mean it or we were emotional. Uh, but Regardless, when our mouth speaks things, they can't be unsaid. And that's something that we have to be mindful of, that words can be destructive and they can be very creative. And uh, I remember in my own life, some of the harsh things that were said to me as a child and how they wounded me for years to come and how it would be preventative in my ability to believe in myself and believe in my potential, and it would limit me to a place where I would live in fear and not step out in faith in scenarios that I may have succeeded had I tried. And James, he would talk about how there's this fire that's going in in James chapter 3, verse 6. He says, the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is set amongst our members that it can defile the whole body. And sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and creature of the sea is tamed by the tongue by mankind. I'm sorry, I didn't say that right. For for every beast and bird and reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our God, and with it, we curse man. I was, um, out of the same mouth cannot come blessing and cursing, but it does. And in James here, he would talk about how a spring water doesn't come from the same river that a fresh water comes from. And I was just talking to a friend about how in this passage here, he's talking about how many times we come to church and we'll worship and we'll get in our car and yell at our family members but in that, we, we think that we were in there worshiping, when in fact, worship can be just as spiritual, spending time and eating ice cream with our family. Worship is the things and the way that we act. Worship is not 
the lifting of hands, but it's a lifestyle. And a lifestyle is speaking blessing, speaking words of life, releasing people into their potential, speaking great things over people about their life, and not speaking in frustration. And so we have to learn how to be more perfect in learning how to bridle our mouth. James would also talk about how we put a bridle in our mouth and we can steer the direction of our life. Learning how to shut up can change the course of the entire afternoon, but we can't unsay words that were spoken. As I'm thinking about this, uh, I, I remember back in Genesis chapter 49, this powerful teaching about blessing and cursing. And Jacob has before him his 12 sons once again. And he stands before his first son, and he speaks over him a blessing. Now, his first son was supposed to receive this crazy blessing, but he did some things wrong in his life. And so he did not receive the blessing of Jacob. And then his second two th- his sons, they shamed him by having an affair with a, with a woman, and it caused great shame on Jacob. And so Jacob did not give his blessing to his other two sons. But instead, Jacob blessed his fourth son which was Levi, and, and uh, uh, it wasn't Levi, I'm sorry, it was Judah. And so Judah became, for the rest of that life and that, that, that destiny, that lineage, uh, became the, uh, a great honor amongst all of the tribes of Judah because it started with Jacob. And, uh, and I, I, I just think in our life, how many people in our life have said great things to us and have believed in us? Those are the people that we navigate to first in life, aren't they? The people that say you can do great things, the pers- people that say we believe in you, we love these things because we realize that they see the true self in us. They see our potential. They unlock us in a way that no one else does. And this is just like Christ. When God speaks to us, God doesn't speak of the evil or the things that we can't do. or, or He speaks to us of the greatness that's inside of us, of his love for us, his, how he accepts us and embraces us and receives us to himself. We can also think of the people in our life that have spoken things that have caused great destruction in our life. And uh, the, wor- the, 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 the words that we speak can change the course of someone's life forever. I'm thinking about this today, and I'm thinking about who in our life do we know right now that could use some encouraging words? Who in our life would we love to steer and navigate in a way that maybe they're holding on to a word that we said a long time ago that we don't even believe anymore. We said it in a moment and didn't mean it. In this book that we're reading here in Freedom, uh, Chris Hodges, he writes about this situation about a child that's trying to read and a parent out of frustration says something, you can't ever do this. You can't ever ride your bike or you're not good at sports or, or you're not a good reader or you'll never be good at that. Those things can be so hurtful that they can keep a kid captive for the rest of their life. But what about you can do it? What about you are more than capable? What about in Christ? You can do all things. You know what's so wonderful about going through military is you take a group of people and put them together and put them through some of the most rigorous activities in life, things that no individual would be able to do by themselves. But you put them with a group of people and the confidence that they build, even with one another, each other saying, I'm not going to let you quit. I'm not going to let you give up. Come on, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. The scripture says that one horse can, can go a thousand miles, but two can go ten thousand. 
there's something to be said about going together with people that have a mutual vision and believe in one another. And I think that when you live life with people that believe in you, you can do greater things. Who in your life do you need to encourage? They can do great things. And ask them what's in their heart. And tell them that you believe that they can do that. And they can be that. And they can have that dream. And help them to see some of the obstacles that may be along the way. But don't prevent them from dreaming. Anyways, uh, we're talking about the words that are powerful. And then in this book, he's going to talk about some of the words of rejection that's been spoken over your life. And I love how this chapter ends. And he's talking about words that have, be, that have been negative, that have been destructive, that you've heard. And words that are positive. And some of us aren't good at learning how to speak good things. It feels very unnatural and, and it's not very good. Some of us don't find it very natural to say positive words. But I'm telling you, just like we all need touch in our life, we all need people in our life to motivate us and tell us that we're good enough and that we're beautiful and that we're capable. Because people can hang on to things. I've learned this in counseling over the years, that one negative thing spoken over you, it takes almost 10 positive words to unleash us from that one negative word that we've heard. And so uh, there are people in our life, even spouses, friends, and children, that have been bound by something you didn't even intentionally say. And I think we have to get really aggressive with the words that we say and very intentional about it. This is going to teach us on how to unlock uh, some of the things that's in our heart that, uh, and forgive people and speak out loud blessings speak out loud forgiveness it's important that you direct your life with faith and uh, i'm really excited about the power of words i think that this is my favorite chapter in the book because words mean a lot to me and so um anyways this chapter may not mean a lot to you because words may not be a big deal to you but they may be to people in your life so pay close attention to the words that are in your life because they can be destructive and chances are you have said some things unintentionally to people that you love. And uh, anyways, unlocking uh, people's potential is a powerful leadership ability. Uh, and so if you're a leader in any natural of life, you have to know how to be good at unlocking words and unlocking people's potential. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that you guys are here with us this Wednesday night. And I think it's going to be great. In Jesus' name, amen.